long ago, in a once peaceful land whose name is long since forgotten, but what we now call Nerdia. A dark plague spread, causing devastation for generations. A sonic assault driving the inhabitants of the world sick and mad, some even falling into a state of walking death. But from the darkness rose two shining lights in the form of a dwarvish cleric and a gnomish rogue. The two embarked upon an epic quest to find the one artifact that can save the land, the cure for the darkness, the holy grail of music, the one album to rule them all, the best album ever. Their adventures took them far and wide, and now, in a pub at the edge of the world, these two saviors meet and tell their tales. These are the Chronicles of Nerdia. Welcome to another episode of IB Tap. I am AJ, and you heard him in the intro, but that's my counterpart, Dan. Yo. And we are on quest level 18 this week, where we are talking about our favorite dessert. It's musical, it's delicious, it's cake. But before we get into that, as is customary, Dan, what are you drinking? Uh, well, to go thematically, as you mentioned, cake is a pastry, and so I went with a pastry stout. Also, I'm only, uh, I'm, this is my self-allotted one beer a week, so I wanted to make it something good. Uh, but this is a big old pastry stout, 13.8% pastry stout from modern times called Chaos Grid, and this is specifically the Breakfast Lord edition. There are numerous editions of this. Uh... But yeah, blended imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with barrel-aged maple syrup, coffee, oh. vanilla, and candy cap mushrooms added. Now, this one's kind of special because uh, I actually helped work on this beer, uh, so I can give a little bit more information on it. The candy cap mushrooms that I mentioned actually give like this really great like uh, maple flavor. Like it's really weird. <laughs> Uh, then they they smell like breakfast or no it's like a hold on, I'm gonna give it a sip real quick just to remind myself the flavors yeah yeah get that flavor profile in there oh yeah it's yeah it's breakfasty it's got that like very I mean the the beer itself is very heavy and like thick and syrupy but then like that maple maple syrup um flavor that's in there plus that the maple syrup itself is aged in bourbon barrels and like i've tried that the syrup that modern times is aging and in bourbon barrels and it is delicious so you have that in there uh plus the coffee and then like those mushrooms just give it like this extra like bit of like smoky like maple bacony kind of odd flavor where it's not really like a smoky flavor it's all it's very very sweet uh but it's almost like a, a like french toast i guess oh interesting that's really interesting it sounds pretty good and uh, it's awesome that you you got to work on that one too gives it a little extra love you mm -hmm. know in there so <laughs> i'm i'm drinking quite the opposite i'm i'm gonna do my best to bullshit my way into relating this 
So I chose, okay, here we go. Have you ever been to a place where there's like, yeah, there's cupcakes, maybe it's a birthday party, maybe it's a cake tasting event, but there's cupcakes, right? And there's a bunch of different <laughs> kinds and you're like, man, I don't know which one I have, I, I want, I, I want to have this one. But I also want to have this one over here. And so you're double fisting because you can't decide. Oh, yeah. So I'm oh, yeah. double fisting today. <laughs> I've got my uh, my morning cup of coffee, uh, which is Don Francisco vanilla nut uh, whole bean. Or I'm sorry, uh, not whole bean, blended. <laughs> so Don Francisco vanilla nut blended. And then uh, it's got a little bit of creamer in it. Uh, I can't remember what kind of creamer. I don't know, something vanilla, I'm sure. But then in the other fist, I've got Coronado Brewing Company's Weekend Vibes IPA, which I've I've had before on here. It's been a while, and you know that's it's related because you, you eat two cupcakes, yeah, and, and I, <laughs> I I drink two drinks. But uh, this is a Citra Mosaic Simcoe, I believe, and it tastes beautiful. It's very, very light, which I like. I think the ABV is a little bit higher. It's 6.8 on the ABV, but it's very smooth. And that, that citrus, or the citra hops, it gives it like a smoothness at the end where it's almost like like when you chewed a piece of orange and then and you swallow it, but you still got that kind of orange juice flavor in your mouth. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how this beer ends, you know. Uh, so very good, very uh, very light beer, which is nice because uh, I haven't been feeling the heavy stuff like the one you you were talking about. That sounded very heavy. Yes, it is, and I'm like I was questioning whether to have it because I have things to do today, <laughs> and uh, and I'm but I was like you know I'm only gonna have like one beer a week, like whatever I can do it, and it's uh, like. When I'm working, I, I'll drink this in the morning, like a taste by not a whole, you know, <laughs> three pints in the morning hours. to get yeah. my day started. No, <laughs> no. Well, that's cool, man. That uh, that one sounded really good. I got to try that at some point. But outside of of beer uh, and anything new going on with you, man, you watch anything, play anything, listen to anything? I mean, not doing like. Too much new. Uh, uh, watching wise, yeah. Um, I had a I had a big surprise because it's it's been a couple weeks since uh, we last recorded, but there was a big surprise that I didn't even realize was happening. But my favorite comic book got adapted into a Netflix series. Finally, it's been in like it's been in process for a long time. I remember uh, seeing a, a trailer for the original pilot that they wanted to do like. 2000 in like 2007 2008 at like a comic-con like and that's when they initially wanted to make a series then it's been you know rejected and then in, in discussion and, and back and forth and i heard netflix was picking up for a series but i was always like on okay i'll see it when like we'll see when it happens well it happened <laughs> and i was so excited and i binged it all in one weekend oh the comic book is called Lock and Key, and the show is called I, Lock and Key. On I was about to say, did you say it already? Or No, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, but Lock so... and Key on Netflix, yeah. It's, okay. it's And upon watching it, I was like – I was kind of frustrated because I hadn't read the book since its initial – like since it ended back in like 2008, I think it was, or 2009, something like that. 
Uh, it was after that because there was like years between like they would do uh, like a series of six issues to tell like one storyline and then like take like a year or two and then like put out the next one. So it was a long time releasing to put out eight volumes essentially. Mm. And so it's been a while since I've read the books, but like as I was like watching, I was like, man, like they're fast tracking everything. Like they're like, I don't know. I have to reread the, the, the comics and um as I'm rereading the comics, I'm realizing how much better the comics are to the show, uh, just because I think they're geared towards different audiences. I think uh, the Netflix show is looking for like that PG-13 area where uh, the comics is very like R. It's like very brutal and like very depressing, but it has this like deep kind of message about uh, family and grief and um, and and guilt and all these kind of things. And the show is kind of it's doing its own thing. It's trying to tell the story in a more comprehensive way. And I get it. Uh, but, and I would say definitely watch the show. It's really fun. They, they, they pulled off some things in a neat way that I didn't know how it was going to pull off. And they kind of did their own twists on a lot of things, uh, in a, in a, in a fun way, China, who's never read the books really enjoyed it. Uh, but I would say like the, if you're, if you're going to read a comic book, read Lock and Key, because that is it's by Joe Hill, who's the son of Stephen King. And uh, I've, I always forget the illustrator's name, but the illustrator is like some of the most beautiful artwork I've seen in a comic book. And uh, and that's like a number one, like read it if you're going to read anything. Uh, but the show is a, is a watch it if you got time and you and you want to see something uh, neat. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. It sounds it sounds interesting. I, I like kind of the. I guess for me, because I don't follow the comic books, but the kind of new... There's, like, two waves of, like, superhero stuff. There's, like, the kind of Marvel-ish stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's... And, and, and DC, like, like, classic DC stuff. You know, like, Justice League, Superman, whatever. But then there's, like, this newer camp, like what you're talking about with Lock and Key. What we saw with uh, The Boys. Mm-hmm. What, what we see kind of with... Um, what's the other one that... Watchmen. Yeah, Watchmen. Thank you. Yeah, we're seeing even Daredevil to uh to some extent. The first season is the one I watched. Even that one was a little bit more brutal in terms of seeing people get beat up pretty bad. Mm. And but like they they're going to a whole new level that is kind of refreshing because I was getting burnt uh, on the superhero thing for yeah. a long time. You know, uh, especially like the old X Men kind of the Spider Man movies weren't very good. And I was just like, man, are we just going to keep making shitty superhero movies <laughs> and media? But now it feels like they're getting better, it, even with uh, Marvel and, and what they just did with their story arc, you know. Yeah, the 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 comic cinematic world is catching up to, like, the comic book itself world, where it's like the, the everything got flooded with, like, there was no superheroes for a while, then superheroes came out, and then everything got flooded with superheroes. And then at a certain point, uh, a lot of like independent artists or uh, or just people who want something different, like start doing their thing and create like this really brilliant work using the medium of comic books. And so you kind of see the same spectrum happening with the movies of like, well, we ha- we finally saw like a good superhero movie. Now here's all the good superhero movies. It's like, OK, but what about like the other stories? Oh, you're right. Here's some other stories that are actually really good that you can also buy a graphic novel of yeah now, and it's now, like it's oh. the perfect source to to do it because like you have a storyboard right there like <laughs> it, it, yeah you, no, that, you, that's actually a really great point like the, all those tiles are basically your different you know cuts 
Right, and that's yeah. those are it's a you know a, a a setup of a frame of a shot. Yeah, I just need to see Spawn return a new Spawn. You know? I hear, I hear it might be coming. I know it needs to. So I I haven't watched a, a whole lot. I think the you know season three of Mass Singer is underway. I'm a huge fan of that, which is really weird still to me because it doesn't <laughs> feel like my type of show. But um, it's even better now that Eminem and Nick Cannon have been feuding because every stupid thing Nick Cannon does, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till Eminem <laughs> talks about that, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, so I've been watching that, watching handful of different movies with Tristan. I can't even. We watched one last night. I can't even remember what it was. But we did watch like the Halloween 2018 version, or like the newest one. And then uh, on Hulu, we watched a documentary called Wrinkles the Clown. Have you heard of this? Oh no, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, oh I haven't God. watched it. It's it's epic. It's basically it's about this uh, clown that terrorizes children, and their parents pay for it to terrorize their children. It's yeah. uh, it's really interesting, but it's really creepy at the same time. Like it's kind of kind of weird, but uh, but watch that. But mostly on on the music front for me is where all the new stuff has been happening. So I kind of messaged you about one album that I found <laughs> that I almost was like, you know what, let's, let's not do Cake. Let's just, let's do this album instead. But I, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't do that because I had a commitment to Cake. But uh, it's the band Murder by Death, who I, I love one of their albums, uh, Red of Tooth and Claw, uh, which is a great album, very Johnny Cash esque style music. And then in, in 2018, they released an album called The Other Shore, which I think I had listened to one song off of, but out of context, I didn't know it was a concept album, and out of context, this particular song didn't make sense, and I was like, the fuck is this, you know? But uh, I finally went, and I, just, I was like, let me just throw it on, and I, I was listening to it as something was downloading, and uh, my download was done by the time the second song was over, but I had to see this album through. I was like, we're, we're going on a journey, man. And it ends so perfectly. So this album's definitely going to come up at some point. I've had it on repeat because I'm like, maybe it's it's a honeymoon phase and, and it's not that good. But I don't get sick of it. But the, that first like experience, it was like seeing a mind-blowing movie for the first time, you know? Oh, yeah. And then uh, I stumbled across this other band this week, actually, called Bitter Ruin, which I don't know how to describe them. But it's probably the most dynamic female vocalist I've ever heard in my life. And there's also a a dude vocalist, and their voices, you wouldn't, when you hear them, you wouldn't think like, oh, they're going to be awesome together. But when they harmonize, it is so insanely good. She's got a voice that ranges from, she can do like rugged rock female vocals to she sounds like Snow White singing from the classic Disney movie. And she does this all in the same song, and it takes you on these really bizarre journeys. And anyway, it's been a really, really fun listen. I think their their newest album was from 2014 that I saw. It's called Waves. But, oh my god, is it a good album. They're like some UK band, and I don't even know how to describe their sound. Uh, unique, I guess, is how I would put it. But so that's what I've been doing on the music front, and then just listening to you know some random other stuff like Billie Eilish. Uh, you know, my daughter's a big Billie Eilish fan, so she released a song for I think the new James Bond movie that's coming out. It's called mm-hmm. Bond James Bond, and it's a really really good track. Oh my God, is her vocal performance haunting in a good way? Like it's 
it's got a James Bondish feel, but she, it's got a Billie Eilish sound to it. I, I don't know. Uh, she's one of the the better popular performers I think in a long time. I didn't like her at first, but when it's her unplugged, just a, a guitar and just her voice, like dude, she can fucking sing, man. It's it's ridiculously good. Uh, I might get shit for saying this uh, as a, as a co-host of what is supposedly a music podcast. Um, I've never heard Billie Eilish. No, it's if I yeah. I never probably would have come across her if not for Embry being a huge fan. But once she, because I started learning some of her songs on guitar, and so I had to listen to them, you know. Uh, so Embry could could sing them, you know, while I play. And there's a there's a handful of songs that are fucking unbelievable. Some of it's a little immature for me, but she's young, right? I think she's like right like seventeen, 17. or some shit, yeah. yeah. So that immaturity I can hear, you know, I, there, there's phrases that don't quite make sense to me at times, but she's also <laughs> not singing like tip, like someone typically her age. It's very, almost reminds me of kind of how the first Panic at the Disco album was, where it was like, well, these guys are young, but they're not doing like what everyone else their age is doing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing these kind of like uh, performances. That's kind of what she reminds me of. And then I, I mentioned a, a couple episodes ago that I bought some music tabs off this guy uh, that I found on some forums and stuff. And he's got a YouTube channel where he he transposes music and shows you how to play songs and does all this cool shit. But uh, got me into the band Demons and Wizards because I saw him yeah. do a couple tabs from it. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. So I started – I listened to uh, – yeah, what album is this? Just they're self-titled, I guess, yeah. But I brought awesome. them up like a long time ago. If you go back to season one, uh, I think like on our magic episode, uh, I think I brought them up a little bit. I, that's when I, I started kind of listening to them. And they're, yeah, they're fun. They're really fun. I don't know if it's the same guy, but the vocalist reminds me of the vocalist from... Oh, shit. What is the, uh, the, what's the band that has the song Bard's Tale or Bard's Song? Uh, it's it's on the, it's I I can see the album cover and like we've talked about them before. Yeah, uh, Blind Guardian. Yes. It it reminds me of the vocalist from Blind Guardian. I didn't look it up to see if it was the same guy, but I, I really don't care either. It is. They, it's uh. Is it's it? Got John oh, wow. John Schaefer from Ice Earth and Hansel Kirsch oh, from Blind Guardian. Okay. Yeah, Ice Earth. I forgot about them. They're fun too. Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of what I've been listening to in a in a nutshell. Awesome. And maybe that's a good segue into the album at hand, mm-hmm. which is the cake album Fashion Nugget from I just closed Spotify. I'm gonna <laughs> guess was it 1996? Yes. Okay, 1996. Because I know their 96 and their ni- 1998 albums are are their two best in my opinion. The other one I think is. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it doesn't matter. Is it? Hold on. Because I want to say... Hold on. Uh, uh, prolonging the Magic or Comfort yes, Eagle? Yes, pro- Prolonging the Magic. That's See, it. I'm a Comfort Eagle guy. 
Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but we're talking okay. fashion <laughs> nugget today, but I think there is conversation about why this album is so good in their collection of discography to me. I do think it is their best, and, and I did go listen to the albums I hadn't heard before of theirs, and I went back, listened to some of the others I traditionally wasn't a huge fan of. They're a great band. Yes. And I think this album is a unique one in the sense that it encompasses a more raw sound than the rest of their albums, like as they be, as they got bigger, as they got more production quality and things like that. This one's kind of more raw, kind of stripped down, which is going to sound weird because there's like synthesizers and horns and all these other things going on in this album too, but it it has like a it feels like you let the art kids into the music room. Yeah and, yeah. and they're just having fun. Yeah, dude, it it it's great, man. It's almost like a jam band. Uh yeah, it's like a jam band yeah. album yeah. in a lot of ways. And then their their lyrics are so clear in terms of like they're not using a lot of imagery, but the lyrics are always deeper than the surface level. And oh, yeah. there's something about that. I, I, I'll i be honest, I don't know what a lot of the songs are about, but I got like 15 ideas for what every song could be about, you <laughs> yeah. know, because of that, where it's, we'll, we'll talk about it, but uh, but that's kind of like my, my high level. That's, that's why I think this might be the greatest album ever. Um, it meets the criteria for me of I never skip a song, and it's got the unique value of being a collection of songs, so if I'm limited on time... I will skip two songs, but it's like what mood am mm-hmm. I in determines where I'm skipping to, you know. So mm-hmm. it's got a song for almost every mood that I could I could have, uh, maybe except for rage. I don't know if there's a rage track really, but but every other emotion's pretty much covered. So what what's what's your high level take? I I like it a lot. Like we you mentioning Cake on the last episode made me you know want to listen to Cake. So there. Um, I'm going to make a lot of like metaphors of how the band cake relates to the pastry cake, uh, because I think that there is a lot going on there where uh, just the thought of it makes me want like, yeah, I can go for some cake. Um, uh, but they they do have because I had to play devil's advocate here. And uh, and I, I want to state that uh, I really like this band and I really like this album, this I said I'm a comfort legal guy, but Fashion Nugget is like right up there. I think this is like a quintessential album of the nineties, if not like I don't know, of Yeah, I would say like of the nineties. If you're gonna take like a top twenty five albums of the nineties, like you would have to put this in there because it, it it feels of its decade and it feels of like a certain era of music that was just like experimenting and trying new things and uh, really like incorporating different genres is to kind of be like something different. And you said jam bandy and we'll, we'll get back to that later, but it de- definitely feels, you know, college rock. It, it, uh, it made me, it made me want to listen. Like I've actually since listening to this, been listening to like a lot of stuff from the nineties because I just like that feel. It's just like it's irreverent and uh, it it has something to say but doesn't like throw it in your face. It's it's but it's also having fun and being really cheeky at the same time and just I don't know, it's like it's like positive vibes. There was something about the nineties 
where it, and it's it's easy for me to speak about the 90s because I grew up in it. So I'm I'm probably biased from, you know, just right. that point of view. But when I go and I listen to 80s music, or at least the the stuff that is most common from the 80s, it's very uniform in a lot of ways. Um, you do have like 80s metal, but then you have the mainstream like pop. But in the 90s, it felt like no matter what genre you were looking at, it was it was going experimental. So you had like in the 90s, you had uh, you had rap. Right. But it was becoming gangster rap. Right. You had you had that going on, that innovation with like death row records. Then you had on on the punk scene, you kind of had some of these more poppy, you know, this poppy sound coming into the punk. Yeah. You still had your like gutter punk and all that, but you had this this poppiness coming like in. Green it. Day, you know, came out and that's right, changed exactly. the face of punk. And then in the alternative space, like one of the the albums that might come up for me would be uh, one of the Third Eye Blind albums. You had that song, uh, the Semi Charmed Life, which is about like meth and getting a blowjob, right? right? Like you had these these things that you generally didn't hear in music coming out. And you the, also had Nirvana, the rise and right. I was about to say the rise and fall of grunge, right? And like the death of metal, quote unquote, death of metal, and. Uh, and college radio, which I think like goes directly into cake and like Beck, which was I was almost almost was gonna be my pick for next week, uh, but like that that kind of like whole scene showed up with with these kind of these were like the first I want to say I don't think this was I don't know uh, what label this was under, but this was kind of like an indie band, like what we call indie bands today, like started with bands like Cake. Yeah, yeah. And so the 90s, I think that's that's why I keep going back there for things. You yeah. know, with Real Big Fish, it was two years after this or a year after this was was that album. Uh, why do they rock so hard? You know, there's just there's so much about this era of music that was, like you said, experimental. It was kind of, you know, MTV, but the Internet age as well. And those two things kind of colliding, you know, years later to what we have today, which is, you know, we'll get there at some point. <laughs> Anyway, so so this kind of encompasses all that. This is kind of an experimental album. It's got it's it's got an overarching theme of of jamminess, but the songs are all different. And at times it, it's depressing, and I don't really know that it's depressing because I like I got these riffs and stuff going off, and I'm like dancing, you know, and I'm like, oh, the <laughs> saying is awful, but mm, shake those hips, you know? Right. That. That kind of like describes the '90s of like this under, like we're all depressed on the ins, or we're all happy on the inside, but like depressed on the outside, or vice versa. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, yeah, like this, like kind of ironic, cynical, kind of Gen X attitude, but it's also like, uh, it's just it feels cool. <laughs> like a lot of these riffs in this album just like feel cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Well, and and you know, this is a good way to like jump into the first track cuz I think this track sets the mood. And this is the the song Frank Sinatra. And on on the music side of things, it's really interesting that I love this song still because I really don't like synth that much, but it starts with the synth part and it's just like the drummer tapping his sticks together, you know. Like who needs a fucking drum set, guys? And then the drums come in right like just before the vocals start and it's like a real chill drum and then 
the guitar comes in. It's kind of chill during the verse. Then it kind of picks up and becomes like a bouncy ball of fun during the courses, you know. And then you got these horns that come in and out during this song, and and they kind of set the they give it kind of like an elongated feeling, even though it's really bouncy. And then you got these like guitar riffs that are just getting stuck in your head, and and they're they're kind of slow at times, which is one note that you let ring for a bit, and then slide to another note, and you know, it's it's just got all these these like conflicting things, and then the lyrics are like about how I mean. If you're just listening to them, I'll just read a couple lines, but it's like, We know of an ancient radiation that haunts dismembered constellations, a faintly glimmering radio station. And it's like, huh? What? Yeah. Why am I chilled out right now and there's radiation (laughs) that's that's really old and dismembered constellations? like, Like, something's wrong here, but I'm dancing. It reminds me a lot of like a, um like a fallout post-apocalyptic world where it like yeah. it's stuck in like this like era of like 50s um with like a little bit of like latinness to it because it's not really a synth it's like a it's like a calliope or like a like an organ like a type of like a piano that is electronic but like gives it more of like a like a latin flair to it i can't can't uh, find what i'm what thinking of there um but then, like, the way how, like, the vocals and everything comes in is, like, to me, the imagery it brings up is, like, uh, on, like, an old 50s radio, like, coming through the airwaves. Yeah, that's then, a good way to put it. Yeah, very much and so. Then it, and then it kind of, like, it, it picks up and, like, gets into its its groove. And it's, I don't know, it's it it, it gets me, like, in a, in a happy, like, I want to... I want to salsa, like not salsa, but like I want to, I want to move, like you said, move your hips. You kind of want to like dance along to it. It's boppy, but then it's also like, <laughs> what is going on in this song? I'm not sure. Yeah, and then there, there's other thing. This theme's gonna come up again. I'm, that's why I'm gonna bring it up here. I, I, be honest, I don't know what the song Frank Sinatra is about, but I don't know what a majority of these songs I, are about. I get snippets of materialism. Yeah. As a, as a big theme and kind of how silly it is in some ways. And so the, the part I like in this song is it's the lines uh, where it's an old man sits collecting stamps in a room all filled with Chinese lamps. He saves what others throw away. He says that he'll be rich someday. And it's like people are, th- you know, it's it's, you know, I don't know if you've known anyone that collected things and it was like silly, like Beanie Babies, maybe like when that craze was going on or Pogs, you know, anyone that collected Pogs. But uh... <laughs> we've, we've... <laughs> yes, I I have a horrible like collector mentality and it's all like and but like my thing isn't even like I'm going to make money off of this one day. It's more of just like I like to look at it. <laughs> like i'm the worst type of collector because like i have no end game i just want it my my <laughs> point's not about the collecting it's the yeah, yeah. it's a it's about the making money side where you know i i've known someone that owned an ebay business where he would uh you know find people that had old action figures that they could they could sell for oh, a yeah. fuck ton of money or whatever but the the problem is is selling them because again everyone's giving these things or throwing them away so your market for that is small Mm-hmm. And so the likelihood that you're going to collect all these stamps and then sell them for more than they're worth in the future is is kind of a bizarre belief. Like, what is the value of a stamp, you know, in the future? It's it's 30 cents today. What's going to mark it up, you know? But it's it's that like kind of materialism, kind of kind of 
consumer capitalism mentality. And it's like the first nugget on the album where I see it, you know? No pun intended. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I think secretly, like, <laughs> and it might not be very secretly, I just might be ignorant to it. But this feels like a pretty, like, political album, because there's a there I'll hear snippets and uh, some other songs that kind of have like a similar thing of like the of of, of what'd you say before um, possessions to, and oh yeah and, uh, materialism material yeah. thank you yeah materialism and um and and, and uh, capitalism kind of like mentality but it's like super subtle as far as I'm concerned. And then it goes in, so the second track, I, I don't know if I'm going to go track by track, I'll be honest, we talked about it before we started recording, this isn't a track by track album, but the more we talk, the more I'm like kind of painting a picture in my mind about what this could be about. And so the next track, The Distance, which I think is, I think it was the single off of this album, if I'm not mistaken. It's, I think this was their biggest song before Short Skirt, Long Jacket. Yeah. And this one's got a very, very cool feel to it. I think... Just, I mean, remove the music. Everything is great about the music. But take that away for just a second when we talk about it. The pacing of just the, the words when he comes in, it kind of builds this stress level in my head of, like, I am in a race and there are engines yeah. that are, like, like, it just, it feels that way because it's just, like, reluctantly crouched at the starting line. You know, it's just like, duh, duh, yeah. duh, duh. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. It beautifully paints a picture of that, of, of being, like, a, I remember first hearing it and that's all I could think of was like, I imagine like in a race, like in like a, like a, a race car driver. And I think oddly enough, this is the first of many weird car analogies that happen <laughs> in this album or car metaphors. I'll say, yeah, this one just has less testicles. We'll get there. <laughs> but <laughs> does it though? Because this, I've also like come to discover, I don't know if it's true or not, is about masturbation uh, this song really i i didn't get that yeah that well I, that's i i could be this could be something that, like i heard on like you know the the schoolyard and took it as fact but i'm pretty certain like yeah this is about a a guy jerking his gherkin so that's a definitely a different perspective than i came at this from <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, but I I looked at this as the, and maybe it's just like, so in my day-to-day -day life, I work in a large company and I have worked at other large companies where I'm trying to do something like build a career to support my family. And it's, it's that mentality for me of race to the top, right? You know, the more time you put in, the more effort you put in, the better you have getting a job over someone else, right? And it's that... People can get obsessed with that. I know certain people in my family that are absolutely workaholics and they ignore the things around them. And so I see where when when you're saying it's about masturbation, I, when I'm reading the lyrics right now, I can see where those bits and nuggets are that people are, are going for. But I really don't see it that way. It's uh, like he's haunted by haunted by something he cannot define. Like the thought of losing, but losing what? The thought of like failing, but failing at what? You know, like most people day to day, like what are you failing at? You have a day to day job, you know, you just, you do what's required, you know. <clears throat> but in your mind, it's like you're looking for that next thing. 
because you live in a very materialistic world. And I don't know if you've known anyone that, but like they, they became so obsessed with their job and like getting ahead that they started sacrificing other things oh, yeah. like, you know, and I know people like that. I try not to be like that, but I'm very competitive. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what it is. I'm, I'm going the distance as they say in this song and, uh, and I'm going for speed. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but that's kind of how I I thought the song was. That's where I came at it from when I heard all those things. And and again, that's the beautiful thing about lyrics when you don't know what it what they're about, is you you put your own life experience into it and maybe you you come up with a different idea. Uh, so while you're beating off, I'm uh, <laughs> well, <it laughs> I'm sucks. trying to get a promotion. It sucks because like <laughs> like you said, uh, this song has such a a visual likeness to it and like gives you that that like race car to me it was like a race car feel and then someone told me that and that's all i can think about when i hear this song it's just like a man like but like very theatrical like yeah i mean the engines are pumping right. and thumping in time right and he's just like he's going the distance he's going for speed uh she's all alone anyways yeah and then we and then so then we get to the the third track which is friend is a four-letter word which i think this one it's a little bit more clear i think for what (laughs) i think it is which is when someone friend zones you and uh and you're you're the type of person that's like i can't be just a friend with you so friend is is a four-letter word which either is I E N D, which is I end. Maybe I'm ending this totality wise, or maybe the four letter word is love because you're in love with them. And, you know, friend. Uh, I always know. thought it was fuck. Like, oh, just means like friend. Just means fuck you. Like, because I kind of. Oh, thought, I, okay. I well, I, I'm looking at it from like a different or a different view of not, but like just like a friend who was dude did something shitty or like ghosted you or like whatever and then like it's like okay like how do are you really like my friend like all i get out of you is just like nothing so i i i always looked at this one as and again this is where i'm coming at it from that every time i've been told like hey we should just be friends um that feels like a profanity in itself like the word friend you know and and that's the, the metaphor i always got so I always looked at it from that perspective, but I could see how this maybe isn't to deal with love and it's just to deal with uh, relationships in general of, of any kind. You're probably more correct. And I think I'm just like, um, <laughs> I'm taking like a, 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 I'm, I'm projecting. That's the word I'm looking for. No, no that's, I mean, so am I. Absolutely. On it. So, you know, take it as you way. But I think it all comes to like the same thing. And I, I really like this song because it, it's the start of like, you can see like a more, um, an angrier, uh, kind of cynical vibe to them in this song. And they, and it, that comes, comes up a little bit later as well. And I, and I like it. It, it means it's like, like, yeah, we're having fun, but we also kind of have an edge. Like, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> If it sounds like there was a weird edit just now, it's because I my my wife called. But um, I have to bring this up. She's sitting at Golden Road Brewery right now, and she's getting me a surprise growler. So I'm excited Ooh. about that. But yeah, I didn't get friend zoned here, so you know it has nothing nice. to do with the last song we talked about. <laughs> but and then uh, you know, op- open book is a is a fun track about. Uh, I don't 
Who the fuck knows? I actually just like the simple one of it's somebody who's writing a novel. Because <laughs> I just like I like the idea of of the song just being about how you can create your own story and you can make your own plots and and you know get people sucked into it. I actually like that interpretation the best, but I've got like four different ones. But that's my favorite one. It's like eh, it's just about someone who likes writing stories and you know. I I like this song quite a bit and it's the one that gets kind of stuck in my head the most just yeah. i love the chorus and uh i think it it is like pretty meaningful like just looking at a, at a base level of uh you know you think you know somebody but like you really might not you know you don't know you don't know how to understand like other people as much as like you think you might yeah and, uh, yeah it's a it's a nice little ditty i like it a lot as well, in the in the next song, um, another <laughs> to me it just like brings me to the '90s because it shares the name with a show. One of the greatest cartoon comedies ever. Yes, and and cartoon comedies will be brought up again in a couple tracks, but Daria was great, and this song is really fun as well. But all I can think about is that he's singing it about Daria. <laughs> that, exactly. All I. <laughs> All I know is, is like, from the intro of Daria, every time I hear this song, every time he says Daria, it's her, like, missing yeah. the volleyball. <laughs> yeah. I'm sticking her hand out, like, just to the side, <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to run. <laughs> but I, I love the, again, I the music is always great in, in these, but I really, really like the way that the vocals go. Like, it's it's one of those weird things because I think this guy doesn't have a whole lot of range in what he sings on this album. Oh no, he well if you want to call it singing, it's it's talk singing. It's it's my favorite kind. It is in key though. It's so yes. it's like it's singing but it's it's almost like a like Mighty Mighty Boston's guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very much just like the the range isn't much. You're you're not moving around you you can play it all with one hand on a piano. It's it, all just right there in that one octave. It's you know? one hand on a piano with a cigarette in it. So you can yeah. like <laughs> be taking drags as you go along. And now yeah. that's not to say he doesn't have range, but yeah. on this album it's it's within this like very small, you know. Because of that, it's weird to say that his voice adds so much yeah, to something. Yeah, it goes because... into like a swooning mode. Like right. A, and it reminds me a lot of like a lounge singer, like a uh, Richard Cheese esque kind of thing, where like it's just like a guy just carooning a mic and like with like a scotch or a cigarette or both in one hand and like plucking on a piano and just like yeah, just doing his doing his thing. It's it's cool. Like once again, it's just this ooze of cool. Well, when we've brought it up before where a, a vocalist has added depth, it's because their range was so high and they did these cool runs yeah. and they did like this other stuff. But with him, it's the only way I can I can describe it is I do lyrical breakdowns on like the, the side episodes that I that we do and and I just read lyrics. And this dude is so good that I almost cannot just read his lyrics. I have to say them in rhythm and, like, in the way he says it. So, like, this is yeah. difficult, but reading the lyrics to Daria, just the first two lines, it's, When you tried to kiss me, I only bit your tongue. That is really hard to read that way. 
because I want to say, when you tried to kiss me, you know, it's like, I just want to do it. I want to go there. It's, and I was listening to this album while in the shower this morning, and it is like a perfect shower singing album. While, while you were going the distance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm never going to not hear that now. <laughs> Your yes. friend ruined me as well. Good. But yeah, like, uh, it's a great shower, great shower singing band. You can sing a lot with it, great. And a car singing band, which uh, transitions us into the, the next song, which I don't, personally, I have not much to say about it. It reminds me of going to car shows with my dad. Yeah, so I, on, I wanted to really figure out what this song was about and, out of all of their songs from this album, this is the only one that has like 10 comments, but nobody has upvoted any of them <laughs> because people just disagree so much. And so the, the interpretation I like best that a few people have is this song is about people who care about their cars like way too much and, yeah. and people that, again, a materialistic one. But then someone else said, this song's about fucking L.A. and how you can't change lanes because there's a bunch of assholes with fuzzy dice in their mirrors. And I was like, fuck, I live in L.A. It's totally about L.A. <laughs> it and that's could, why it's... But I think both those both those topics are kind of one and the same where it's, you know... Yeah, no, uh, they're... If, if L.A. is the you know, uh, uh, pop culture pinnacle of like consumerism and materialism... Like, you would figure it would be full of the people who also treat their cars like their girlfriends and uh, and their fuzzy dice hang like testicles. Yeah, like their, their manhood <laughs> right. is the way that, yeah, that I see it. And then, you know, that's basically all I have to say about that song. Yeah. It was, when I was young, though, I loved the song more. Because when this album came out, I was, like, not even in high school, you know. But I just remember going like oh my god this has testicles this, this <laughs> the testicles and so I, that was my favorite song for a long time and then now when i listen to this album it's definitely not my favorite song but uh, i still kind of giggle <laughs> but then we we get into i think correct me if i'm wrong because i don't know the albums that you pitched as as much as you do but i don't think i've pitched any albums that had a cover song on them yet until uh, this one well technically the uh ex what was the band? The Expendables? Uh, Expendables. I want to say Exploited, but that's a punk band. The Expendables, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Ganja Smuggler? Uh, oh, that's a that's a cover? Yeah, that's an Eka Mouse cover, yeah. Oh, well. Then this is the first one I knew I was pitching with a yeah. cover. <laughs> it's not It's not as well known of a cover as as this song. I think this is the most famous cover song that we've done, probably. Yeah, and as an example, uh, when I was evaluating the different Real Big Fish albums, Real Big Fish has a habit of putting a cover song on albums. I think Why Do They Rock So Hard is the first one that didn't have a cover song on it. I felt so stupid when like a high school acquaintance of mine like said something about uh it's all right i want to hear the same song that that song and i was like oh real big fish fan and they're like no sublime right <laughs> it's like yeah right <laughs> <laughs> that's what i meant to say yeah subliminally 
Uh, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> Anywho. But, but this is a, a Gloria Gaynor cover of I Will Survive. And I love this version of it. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think she's a better vocalist overall, and she's amazing. But this version is just a great... This was like a theme song of my life for a while when this album came out. Where Cake, Cake does... Amazing. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Taylor Swift. I'm gonna let you finish. Uh, but Cake does, <laughs> Cake does amazing cover songs. Like this and their War Pigs cover are yeah. like some of my favorite things. Anyways, continue. No, that was basically it. Is this was just you know for go going through a time where you're you're dealing with uh, the ins and outs of learning kind of that social space of uh trying to date people trying to like this is at the time where i'm like trying to get a girlfriend for the first time and uh you know uh these are very silly relationships at this because i'm young you know these are stupid silly relationships not like a uh, yeah you're getting dumped at like a party or something i'm like we're not going to parties you know we live like a block away so we're dating because it's feasible um (laughs) (laughs) but but this song was like every time like it doesn't work out or whatever you learn like yeah this person's really not cool i just thought they were pretty looking and or they felt that about me and ended it or whatever this was a go-to song oh yeah. <laughs> i will survive you know and it's generations of people have been surviving off of this song but only the cake generation has the line i should have changed that fucking lock yep that makes it like so much cooler and like uh and i still use it even when i hear the original version like i'll still like use that line because it's like yeah it's it's got edge that's what i got you should change that fucking lock yeah it's not stupid it's fucking well so i even throw it in later on in the song so the line is i'm not that stupid little person still in love with you when i sing it it's i'm not that stupid little fuck that's still in love with you oh i say i'm not that stupid little bitch Oh, oh! You threw in the B word. Yeah, but I've I've come to realize that that's uh, less acceptable in this day and age, so I can't use the B word as much. Yeah, there's a bunch of bitches that don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so after I will survive, we get into stick shifts and safety belts, another which another car song. Another car song, but this one gets stuck in my fucking head, and this again breaks a mold that i have which is i don't like lyrics that repeat too much this one definitely does but something about the way it gets stuck in my head i'm just like i don't care it's the guitar or the bass it's like that that old country kind of kind of going up and down the scale of like like i don't know it it sticks in my head and like i i dig it. it uh once again, melding genres within this whole album, bringing in like this like country folk kind of uh, Johnny Cash ish uh, uh, melody to like go along with this car, and it like fits perfectly. Once again, saying like this reminds me of going to car shows with my dad, which like uh, I hated at the time. I'm still not like like a car person, but like now I get it. Like, I get why like cars are cool. <laughs> I guess. Like, I, I get the uh, mechanics behind it, but just, like, I think showing off your car is kind of douchey and being stuck in an era 
I'm not going to get into it, but uh, this is, this is fun. Like, it just, like, it makes me like, yeah, like I want to like uh, uh, put my hair in a pompadour and wear a leather jacket and roll up a pack of cigarettes in my white t-shirt and like <laughs> go on a drive with, with bucket seats and safety belts. <laughs> well, and uh, I, I forgot to mention this on the last track, but um, my, my only note for I Will Survive that I wanted to write down is it says the bassist finally gets a track just for him. <laughs> and then my note for this one is continues into stick shifts and safety belts. So he's yeah. got a couple tracks here where at least in, in the way I listen with my headphones and kind of my, my bass treble mid balance, the bassist really shines on these two tracks. And so um, shout out to the bassist because you guys get forgotten in all the, uh, the music genres. I think we do a decent job of always shouting out the rhythm section. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think so. And then we, we get into the track Perhaps, which this might be, if I had to choose a least favorite track on the album, this would probably be it. Not saying it's a bad track, but if there was a least favorite, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps it's this one. The There's parts of this song that I would agree with that, this and the next song, but then the I love the chorus of this song. It has like this great melody of like, if you make your mind up, well, no, I don't know. I just, I love that little, like, and then the, 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 the trumpets come in with like that. It just, it, uh, once again, makes me want to like dance. Makes me want to shake my shoulders and my hips. And I like, don't want to wind up. Yeah. Like, light up a Cuban and like, like, all right. Like we're in Havana. You mean a cigar, right? Right. Right, I would never, <laughs> I would never buy from those communists. <laughs> but you no, know, I agree with you that it, it does. Again, it the worst track on an album we're considering best album ever. That's like a that's a really high bar, you know. So it's it's not a bad track at all. And like you mentioned, it is very melodic. It gets stuck in your head. But the part I hate is just the perhaps, yeah. perhaps perhaps i'm like jeez, yeah. and and it's it's the p and the s at the end of perhaps because it goes perhaps and it just man i'm like hearing a snake hiss once again very loud singery and almost like sleazy the way he sings it so uh yeah i i get it <laughs> the the peace smacking yeah and then like, like you mentioned the next track it's coming down is very similar very repetitive but for some reason, it, it doesn't bother me as much. Like, if, if I was deciding between the two. Again, they're both really good tracks, but this one doesn't get to me the same way that the Perhaps does, you know? So it's not coming down below, perhaps. I almost feel like this should be, like, a closing song. But I, I do think that the the last track on this album is, like, perfect as a closing song. I think maybe this could have been moved down like below Italian leather sofa, just in the. I yeah, I definitely agree. It's not a story album, so it doesn't necessarily yeah, need to yeah. fit there. It would actually be interesting to to hear on a lot of the albums we pitched why they actually did the songs in the order they did. If it's not telling I'm a story, I'm fascinated and like I always analyze track orders because like that was something that even when i would make mix cds i would have that in mind of like okay like the first track has to be like something that's gonna like get me going but it doesn't have to be deep it just has to be like blah 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 and like make sure the last song is like a good like closing out and then make sure it like peaks here and peaks here like i'm 
when it comes to like album creation, like creating an album, whether it be a concept album or an album of songs, like I'm all about the placement of the albums and the 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 feel, the the sonic story that you're kind of getting from it. If it doesn't have a story, it needs to at least tell like a uh, it needs to bring you through peaks and valleys. Yeah, it's you, the thing that I always explain to people because I, I know that I'm a unicorn in the music landscape where I can listen to an album and not give a shit about the words if the music takes me on a good enough journey. And so I say, if you're going to have a collection of songs and they don't go together lyrically, that's completely fine. But tell, t- give me those, like you mentioned, peaks and valleys is a good way to describe it, but give me that that journey musically and and put it together in a way that flows nice right you know? and i think that for the most part this album does but i think you're right that it's coming down might be one that we could talk about being out of place for the the tempo and all that but then we get to to the what is this the title track yeah i would say yeah the titular track i love this one the one where again guitar gets stuck in my head all i'm thinking is it's so funky it's like yeah it's so good and then like this also is like really kind of has this um like political kind of statement that it's kind of making but also being like cheeky and weird about it like like sharpening knives on chicken mcnuggets like that's funny (laughs) yeah (laughs) just because it says the word mcnugget in it but like it's also like trying to like tell a point and it's the only song that like really is explicit and marked explicit i think why they have the parental advisory like yeah they might have just thrown that line in i will survive just to like (laughs) make the parental advisory mean something because this is the only song that really has it just because they they say fuck numerous times yeah well the the chorus is shut the fuck up right shut (laughs) the fuck up learn to buck up shut the fuck up learn to buck up <laughs> and again the way that it, it's actually saying and all that it you're just like yeah shut the fuck up <laughs> it's just perfect man and it's so cool <laughs> the way how it's delivered like i uh yeah i i really 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 dig this song this might be my favorite song on the album this is is not my favorite song, but it's maybe my second favorite song. Man, determining my favorite song is easy. It's Italian Leather Sofa. We'll get to it. Yeah. But all of the others are hard to choose from for me. Before we get to Italian Leather Sofa, she'll come back to me. This one's kind of just, a, a again, another cool kind of chill track. Not a lot to it lyrically. It's fun. I like that it brings in that country vibe once again and kind of has that sliding guitar Uh my my favorite thing about this album and this band is, like I said in the beginning of the episode, it's like the art students got just like free roam of the music room and had like any instrument at their disposal. We're like, let's just throw this in. Like, let's try using this. Like, what does this sound like? Oh, that's cool. Let's use that. You 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 feel that with this album because like it there it doesn't sound really like the right. It sounds like a slow country song. But like from the '60s, <laughs> uh, but they're like putting their own like modern swing on it. It's back when country was still country. But, yeah, <laughs> before before that Garth Brooks and changed every came in and changed everything. <laughs> before that, Gal Darn Brooks came in. <laughs> Gal Darn Brooks. <laughs> 
Well, and then we we get after that song, uh, we get to what my favorite song is, Italian Leather Sofa. You were hesitant when I said that. What's what is the Dan hot take? No, like this is a great song, uh, but to me, it. <laughs> are you a fan of the the? I think it was only one or two season long animated television show called Mission Hill. I have not seen that. No, it's wonderful. It's like it's super nineties and it's like super college and the. Uh, the theme song, like the intro to that show, was Italian, like an instrumental version of Italian Leather Sofa. So I always think of that. Oh, so it makes okay. it, it makes like this song to me is like, this is the 90s because that was like an extremely, uh, it was about like kid, like it's a high school kid living with his brother who's like a, a college slash college student or dropout, whatever. I forget what it was, but like. It's like that dynamic of like hanging out with the older kids in the 90s. And there's like a bunch of like those proto hipster, you know, like 90s types. And like (laughs) it it just I think of that show. I think of cake. I think of cake. I think of that show. I think of the 90s. So (laughs) what is what does this song mean to you? Does it give you uh, knowing that it's like. The, the intro to that show does does it mean anything in that context yeah it's it's about or like being in that context and like what the content of the show was was a lot of uh growing up uh it reminds me a lot of like my my older brothers because that deals with that kind of dynamic of like a, a an older brother my brothers were more 90s kids than i was i was you know born in 88 so my my 90s view is very skewed, but I still consider myself a 90s kid. But they were actually teenagers in the 90s, so I think it, they lay more claim to it. Um, but it just like it's it's just nostalgia. It's all like nostalgia for like a time and era that uh, that we were that we were living in. And uh, but then like you listen to the actual lyrics of the song because that's just like. Like I said, it's just an instrumental version for that show. Right. So, like, then you actually listen to the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, this is all just about fucking. Well, it to me, <laughs> the, this song seems like it's about a loveless marriage. It's about a trophy wife, let's say, someone who doesn't care what the dude look like, looks right. like, who he is, or whatever, as long as they get status, you know? So she's willing to fuck for that status, right? right? Like, it's a very superficial kind of... And, and don't get me wrong, he's willing to whatever with his status and wealth for mm-hmm. that as well. So they're they're both equally right and equally wrong in the situation, but that's what it feels like it 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 is to me and that's why that's what I think, you know, if they laugh they make money, he's got a gold watch, he's got a silk dress and healthy breasts. I think that's exactly what that's, you know, talking about. I just watched Parasite last night and Oh yeah, uh, I did watch that too. And uh yeah, this is bringing up all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of things of like a uh, social class and whatnot for me now, and thinking about it. And like once again, the L.A. theme. I think there. I think that might be the biggest thing about it now. Bring, going back to the race car yayas and the whole like materialistic thing. I think this might be. I, I'm not 100% familiar of Cake's backstory when they wait. They got to L.A. If they're raised in L.A., but I'm sure like. Being in L.A. or at least being in uh, signed to a major record label, 
which once again, not even sure if this is on a major record label, but knowing that this was their like first big record, right? We can agree on that. That whole lifestyle had to have affected them into making this song, like the being around the wealth and the quote unquote, you know, phony rich had to have been an inspiration for making this. Like, well, they're, they're, if if they are in LA at the time that they're making writing this album and stuff. It does make sense because you see it everywhere. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like to judge people because I don't know what people's motivations are, but I definitely am not the type of person that gives a shit about money and status and all that. I give a shit about the, you know, what what you got in your heart and how you treat people. But um, even just going to play, simple places like Embry's Dance or going to uh, talk to a neighbor um, in some cases – you find these people that are like that. They think because they're in L.A., because they've been here for years, they have a certain, they go to a certain, uh, or they're in a certain community that they live, and their kids go to a certain school that it means something. And it's like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> like, right. You know, and and that's yeah. But uh, but you definitely see a lot more, or I hear about, I should say, a lot more unhappy marriages because they are in a certain lifestyle and that's more important than being happy i guess i don't know it's weird it's weird yeah but that's what this song is about it feels like yeah and then it goes into the next song when you end that superficial marriage listen listen to this song and watch parasite that's what we're getting at yeah yeah parasite was good it was really good but it goes into the, the the last song the the i i think it's probably the best opener out of all the tracks but sad songs and I really like this one. This is uh, this is what would happen if Real Big Fish was honest about all the anger songs they write. This is what would come out. Is like, I would write you that song, but I know you're never going to hear it, and neither will anyone else. I kind of want everybody to know that you cheated on me and that you were a piece of shit, but uh, no one's going to buy my album. Right. So <laughs> I, uh, I guess I'm, I'm just going to sing this. Right. It's these... Uh... These kind of songs aren't aren't buying anymore. Like I could write a song about you, but people aren't gonna buy it. So yeah, and that's a lot of again that that's a lot of what the '80s and early '90s was was a lot of these breakup songs. You know, I mean, I'd say that's even true today. Yeah. It, you know, Taylor Swift made an entire career out of breakup songs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so maybe they are selling again, you know, maybe it was one of those things where now there's a short supply and she's got the market cornered, but at the time they wrote this, they felt like it was an ironic thing, I'm sure, you know, like we're sick of them, they're not selling anymore or they probably were selling cuz they've always sold, but I feel like it's the irony or or that, you know. I think there's also a bit of a um a look back at like like I mentioned before, the various different music genres that they use here and like incorporating like a waltz esque slow medley and saying like oh, like songs like this, like like we don't make songs like this anymore. You know, why mm-hmm. would I write a song like that? And that's and because this is also ninety six, so we're at like the peak of uh we gotta have fast bebopping we gotta have uh <laughs> you know uh we gotta we gotta make that jive we gotta um we gotta nirvana it up and and put in the green days you know 
<laughs> all, all that kind of stuff. Because this is like this is right before we start to see like the rise of uh, new metal and like Limp Biscuit and the such. So like things are getting more aggressive, uh, and 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 this is like bringing it down. Like we're gonna make a sad song. <laughs> Is this your way of telling me that you're picking Limp Biscuit next? <laughs> ah, maybe. <laughs> no, no, it's not Limp Biscuit, but it's gonna be. You're gonna enjoy it. Just Is it it's gonna be all about the Nookie anyway. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that's the end of the Cake album. Again, this this album from top to bottom musically is just so chill. It's different. Not every song sounds the same, but it has similar elements musically. And the the lyrics are are surface level enjoyable, and then if you think about them, kind of like what we were doing here, you can you can extrapolate other meanings, you know, with the the deepness of the way that that Cake writes their words, or at least the way that it feels like they do. Maybe they're just um, they're just ignorantly lucky. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they're not intending to do it, but uh, but there's a lot there, and that's that's why I, I picked this album. That's why I think it's one of the greatest albums ever. But Dan, what say you? Uh, I I I think it's a great album. Um, I like it a lot. But here's what I'll say about Cake. The band Cake is much like the food Cake, where you 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 crave it and you want it, and if it's offered, like I will never deny it, and I could have it every day. But like after a couple bites you're like that's too much cake and uh you kind of got to put it down and you can't like it it, it fills you up real fast <laughs> and uh and it's like a lot of uh i don't want to say a lot of filler but it's 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 filling you know like i i was super happy to be listening to a cake album but like after listening to like <laughs> the same cake album two days in a row it's like okay I'm done with cake. <laughs> like I need a, I need to not think about this for a bit. So it's, it's great, but it's like, it's a bit repetitive. Like they definitely, they have a style that might not be for everybody. Like I'm always happy when I listen to it, but like, I'll get like halfway through an album or like, I'll put on just like cake radio. And like after a couple songs, like, okay, I need something with a bit, bit more umph in it. That being said, great album. Maybe not the best album ever. Like, like you even mentioned, there may be there's one or two songs that I would skip. I think the best album ever has to have like, I I have to want to be in to listen to it every single time. To to be clear, what I I said is that if I'm short on time, yes, I yeah. will skip to a song depending on my mood. I I actually stated that I do not skip tracks. Uh, then then I will say I have been known to skip a track or two. That's fair. That's fair. I I could see where some people would skip tracks though, specifically race car yayas. I know I could see why a lot of people would skip that track because it kind of it it almost reminds me in some ways of like the band. The sound of animals fighting where it's a little bit disjointed at times yeah, you know yeah. there's the, it's a little chaotic so while i don't skip it because i enjoy it uh it's definitely one where i can hear i i hear like a devil on my shoulder going like you should just you should just move on the next song's better you know yeah i also have to like i have to be in the right 
And I'm, I'm not going to say I have to be in the right mood. I have to be in a certain... No. I can't listen to this album for every mood. Let's say that. Like, I think a, a good... The best album ever should should highlight all aspects of the emotional range. <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking bullshit. Yeah, it's definitely missing rage. Like, I don't get rage from it. Yeah. If anything, like, Nugget, just because, like, it's... I, I want to just tell people to shut the fuck up and having an excuse to to repeat that is is great but yeah that's it yeah i'm 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 long-winded in saying it but no it's a no for me it's no for me dog not the best album ever all right so this this album does not make it to the dog pound this week but uh what what do we do next where do we go from here you have no idea the struggle i was having to like decide on something because I wanted to keep with the '90s because like I know, I know the boss fight coming up because I've been planning it for a very long time and I'm just I just want to get to it and uh, and there's and I was like right, I want to keep something within the '90s. There's so many like '90s or '90s related bands and albums that I really wanted to do. Initially, I wanted to do Beck, which still might come up, but I after listening to an album, it I it was hard to. To defend it and all i really wanted to do was just make futurama jokes <laughs> uh but then then this album like it, it was like a lightning bolt shot me in the in the chest it was like this is what you must have and i knew it i knew this was the greatest album ever and you're gonna love it <laughs> because i know how you how much you like uh replacing do's and da's with words Oh yes, but it's pocket full of kryptonite by Spin Doctors. Okay, 1991, and I feel a staple of 90s alternative rock. Okay, that is fair. So Spin Doctors next, and if you agree or disagree with anything either myself or Dan has stated. The best way to to give us your opinion is to reach out to us on social media. Either like, comment, subscribe uh, on your favorite platform. We're on uh, we're at IBTap on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us. I think by searching IBTap. I don't know. Facebook's weird. It's 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 a weird platform. Um, or you can email us at I bet that's a podcast at gmail dot com uh, because you love typing a lot. And Spotify. You can hit us up there. And Spotify, yeah, we have playlists. Actually, I, I didn't mention this, but I have a new playlist out. So if there's any parents out there and you have a daughter or a son in dance, I created a – I hate all of the songs that they use over and over again. Like, Embry's been dancing for so many years. I'm like, these fucking people don't know how to find good music. So I created a playlist called – dad approved dance songs <laughs> and you will find some of the bands that have come up on on the podcast before you'll find uh you know maybe maybe bitter ruin might be thrown on there soon because they're they're a new band but uh it's got a lot of more eclectic styles of music and lesser known bands you know save ferris on there they got this really cool number that you could probably do a tap dance to called secret spy you know and all that but uh we also have our ib tap playlists ibtap and of course our lyrical breakdown playlist why why did that word slip my mind after i said it four <laughs> times in a row 
But uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find some of this music, some upcoming stuff, and and generally on the IB Tap one, uh, you know, maybe music we talked about, but that didn't come up as best album ever. So those are fun. I listen to them a lot. I also created, I, I think it's public as well, a Chris Oliva. So Chris Oliva is is one of the original members of Sabotage, and uh, I created a playlist with just the albums he was on before his death. And that one is really fun to just play on repeat because his guitar work is so unique and different that, uh, yeah, it's jamming. So you can find those as well as us. I've been honestly moving a lot of my, uh, uh transitioning all of my podcast listening to Spotify because they are hosting pretty much everything right now. So you can find us on Spotify this what you're listening to right now if you're listening to it on something other than spotify there's an easier way to listen to us it's on spotify i wish we would get money from them right yeah it's spotify send us money we'll keep promoting you yes no it's it's the easiest platform because i listen to music on it already and so i i try and get my podcast through there but i have the unique problem of i listen to so many different types of podcasts not all of them are on spotify so something Uh like uh cast box you know uh, or a podcast aggregator works a little bit better we're on those as well but spotify is an easy way to listen and with that we will do it again next time with the spin doctors can't wait i love how you already gave me a criticism before i've listened to it <laughs> And with that, we'll see you.